0: Let's begin with a word of prayer. My prayer this morning, Father, is a simple one, that you would give me a heart for your word and a word for our hearts. Amen. Hallmark sold approximately 150 million cards this week. Mother's Day is the third largest card buying holiday. Now, the article I read didn't tell me what the First and second were. I'm guessing Christmas is right up there. I have no idea what the second one was, but 150 million Mother's Day cards, and the average gift or spending on Mother's Day is $105. Just thought you'd like to know. Father's Day, I'm sorry to say, only 90 million cards will be sold, and the average gift is only $90. We're losing something here, dads, but it's Mother's Day, so we'll just let that slide. Now, today we honor our moms, but not everybody could be a mom, but everybody in their some time, life has had a mom. And at that time, our mom was the most important person in our life. I, I'm reminded of the old Henny Youngman. I was born at a very, very early age, and I had to be close to my mother at the time. You might remember that. Some of us had moms who made great sacrifices, And it's not easy being a mom. Here's some historical quotes to show you just how difficult it could be. Mona Lisa's mother might have said this. After all that money your father and I spent on braces, and that's the biggest smile you could give us? Humpty Dumpty's mother. Humpty, if I've told you once, I've told you a hundred times not to sit on the wall. But would you listen to me? No. Christopher Columbus's mother. I don't care what you discover, Christopher. You still could have written. Okay. Michelangelo's mother. Mike, can't you paint on walls like other children? Do you have any idea how hard it is to get this stuff off the ceiling? Napoleon's mother, all right, Napoleon, if you're hiding your report card inside your jacket, just take it out and show it to me. Jonah's mother, well, that's a nice story, but now tell me where you really were for the last three days. It's not easy being a mom. And I I need to say that the world is not making it easy to be a mom. In fact... We rarely hear the word mothering anymore or fathering anymore. We've replaced it with the word parenting. And yet when I was growing up, which someday seems like it was very close and sometimes seems a long way away, my mother and my father had distinct roles in my life. In fact, I'm reminded of when God created man and woman, he said male and female, he created them. They had different strengths, different talents, different responsibilities. There was a recent study done on the negotiating skills of children depending on what family, what kind of home they grew up in. Children who grow up with only a mother Learn to negotiate around the borders. They're the best at going, well, hold it, maybe just this once could we bend the rules. Children who grow up with only a father learn that the rules are the rules and you live by the rules and the rules don't change. And yet, children who live with a mother and a father growing up learn that sometimes it's okay to bend and sometimes you have to have firm boundaries. The healthiest child is raised by a a family that has a mother and a father. Now, let's be clear. There are homes where there is only one parent. Life gets in the way. There are single mother homes. There are single father homes. And this is not me pointing a finger at that. What I'm saying is, if you are a mother, you need to claim all of the rights and privileges thereunto appertaining. Well, what does that mean? When I was a little boy, I grew up in Oakland, just over the way. We got up and we went to school and we walked down to the end of the block and we hung a a left and we went down to Clyde S. Jennings School and we were there till about 11. And this would freak parents out today, but they sent all the kids back home at 11 o'clock. And we went home and you know what? Mom was there waiting for us. Mom made us tomato soup and grilled cheese sandwiches or peanut butter and jelly, and we ate lunch with mom, and then we walked back to school. Could you imagine the parents today? They would be freaking, my child walking by themselves back and forth four times a day? But what happened was this. My mom fixed breakfast, she fixed lunch, she fixed dinner, she mended my knees. she mended my pants, And uh, I wish kids today knew the difference between school clothes and play clothes. That's another sermon on its own. But God forbid you trip and you skin your knee in your school clothes. Mom put those iron-on patches on. You remember those? And when I got older, my mother mended my broken hearts and raised my dampened spirit. My dad was the breadwinner. He laid down the law. I love that TV show, Wait Till Your Father Gets Home, because sometimes we did. Mom would say, Go wait until dad gets home. That was not a happy thought. If mom told you to go wait, you were usually in some kind of trouble. Dad laid down the law. He corrected, he commanded, he captained the ship, he brought home the bacon, he controlled the family resources, and he clapped when you succeeded. Sorry to say, in my day, not everybody got a trophy. But when dad clapped for you, you earned it. Jesus reminds us that our heavenly father does both roles. He is our heavenly mother and our heavenly father, as Wiki pointed out. And I'm here to say that if you are a mother or a father, you need to take a a hint from A.L. Williams. A.L. Williams wrote a great book with a long title. The title is this. All you can do is all you can do, and all you can do is enough. And when I was looking for Mother's Day cards, there was one that said, Mom, the original seatbelt, and it showed the mom with one hand on the wheel and her hand across like this, holding the kid back if she had to hit the brakes too much. Well, I like that. My, my mom, your mom, hopefully was there to protect you, give you a feeling of safety, to teach you to follow the rules and laws and to teach you the word of God. The scripture that Danny read today really points us in that direction. Did you hear what it said about the godly woman? She was strong. She had dignity and wisdom. She had a teaching spirit. In fact, in Proverbs 1.8, it said that her teaching was a graceful garland and a pendant around your neck. And I'm here to tell you that as a teacher, I know what kind of parenting goes on at your house by looking at your child. Your parenting is not always a graceful garland or a pendant around their neck. The work that you do at home will show out in the world. It's noticed, it's valued, and it's admired. I love going to parent-teacher conferences when my kids were in elementary school, and the teacher would say, we can see what you're doing. So in this Mother's Day, we need to encourage the mothers. We need to stop talking about parenting and encourage people to fill the role that God has ordained and called them to fill. Now I want you to think about something, and that's this, the role of a mother doesn't change, but the relationship with your mother changes. A mother is always a mother. I'm 61. My mother is a little older than 61. And sometimes I can hear her eye roll through the phone. And I I hope that if your mother is still alive, you can hear that eye roll as well. She will always be my mother. However, she doesn't pat my back to burp me anymore, and she's not making a bottle of formula out of the fridge The relationship has changed, the role has not. Now, there's a man named Kohlberg, and he said there's three stages to moral development. And these are very important for parents, and I want you to hear them. The first one is this, when stage one is when morals equal punishment. That's when the two-year-old says, don't do that, mommy will whack your butt. Well, that's exactly what the 10 commandments were. God said to Moses, here are 10 rules. Please follow these. If you follow the rules, life will go well for you. If you don't follow the rules, fire and smoke and lightning. But that's not enough. That's just stage one. Stage two says morals equals rules and laws. And and the the people of Israel grew into a religious community. And there were sacrifices involved and prayers and um, holidays and festivals God was still God, but the people of Israel were growing into a community, the same way your family does. And then finally, Kohlberg said the third stage, the highest stage of moral development, was when your personal morals and ideals determine the course of your life. Well, Jesus told us what those courses and ideals should be. He said, love God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor As yourself. He also said, Greater hath no man than this, that he would lay down his life for his friends. Jesus encourages us, and our mothers have demonstrated for us, that we need to be loving people. Now, I I have in my counseling practice, and Lenny will probably agree, there are some mothers who refuse to discipline their child. And they look at you and they say, but you'll never understand a mother's love. And I want them to say, my mother loved me enough that sometimes she caused me discomfort. She applied the board of education to the seat of learning. You have to think about that one. But sometimes we have to love the people in our lives enough to draw those boundaries and hand out the punishments. Maybe the most important thing the author of Proverbs hides at the end of this paragraph when he says that she fears God. When the mother fears God and brings the family to a relationship with God, they learn to fear God, respect God, they learn to recognize God's authority, and they become dependent on God. Well, in education, we have a phrase that says things are caught not taught. We've all heard the mom who said, don't do what I say, or don't do what I do, do what I say. It's the other way around. So if you're a mother or you're encouraging a mother, encourage them to study their Bible when their children can see them. Encourage the mother to pray out loud so their children can hear them pray for them. Encourage that mother to hug their children so much that they make that face Like, oh, she's going to do it again. They need to know every day in every way how much you love them. And chances are your little ducklings, your children, will not follow you to the church. You're going to have to shepherd them to church. But if you do these things, King Solomon says, raise up a child in the way they should go. And when they're old, they will not depart from it. The child will make you proud. I'm going to end with this story. Tim Brewster tells a story about a mom who took her children to a crowded restaurant one day. Her six-year-old son said, Can I say grace? And this is his prayer. God is great. God is good. Let us thank you for this food. And God, I will thank you even more if mom gets us ice cream for dessert. And liberty and justice for all. Amen. Amen. Well, the other customers chuckled a little bit and a woman at the very next table growled loudly and said, that's what's wrong with this country. Kids today don't even know how to pray. The very idea, asking God for ice cream. Well, I never. Hearing this, the little boy burst into tears and asked his mom, did I do something wrong? Is God mad at me? The little boy's mother pulled him over in her lap and she hugged him tightly and assured him that he had done a terrific job and that his prayer, God was not mad at his prayer. Just then, an older gentleman walked over to the table and he winked at the little boy and said, I know God very well. We visit every day and I happen to know that God loved your prayer. It may have been the best one he heard all day. Really, the little boy asked. Cross my heart, said the man. And then he leaned over and whispered into the little boy's ear, pointing at the woman at the next table who had made the remark. Too bad she never asked God for ice cream. A little ice cream is good for the soul sometimes. (laughs) Naturally, the mom ordered ice cream for the kids. And the little six-year-old boy stared at his for a moment, and then he did something that no one in the restaurant expected. He picked up his Sunday, and he walked over to the woman. He said, here, this is for you. Ice cream is good for the soul sometimes and my soul's good already. The people in the restaurant applauded and somewhere in heaven, Jesus was smiling because that little boy had learned how to look others in the eye with sacrificial love. True sight is a master of the heart not the eyes. He demonstrated what he learned at home. If you are a mother, thank you. Thank you, and keep up the good work. If you have a mother, and she's still with us, love her with words, with your life example, and with your presence. Uh, We talked about this in Sunday school. Moms don't always pick up the phone, but we have to call them. Even if they complain that we don't call enough, Love her with words, life example, and presence. And hear this. If you know a mother, support her, encourage her, pray for her, be patient with her, love her, and if you have the opportunity, be a surrogate for her. What does that mean? Sometimes a mom just needs 20 minutes to herself. One of my former students posted that her life is getting a little out of sync. She feels like she's running all the time and she set the alarm clock for 3 a.m. just so she could take a guilt-free soak in the tub. And even when she was up at 3 a.m. by herself, she was still feeling guilty about taking time for herself. She ran the water and she got in and there was a knock at the door. Mommy, what are you doing? Go back to sleep, she said. I, I'm i taking a bath. Why are you taking a bath this late? Go back to sleep, she said. Don't come in. Darn if the kid didn't go get his plastic little key and it opened the door and she had an audience for her bath at 3 a.m. Be a surrogate. Step in sometimes and say, do you need a break? I'll watch the kid for a little bit. It comes down to this. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I'm not going to say love your neighbor as yourself. I'm going to say this. Love your neighbor as Christ loved you. Amen.